You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. As we can see from our, from our screen, we're carrying on with a series called Empowered. We're looking at the power and person of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we've, we've been encouraging this month uh, to be open and engaging with the Holy Spirit. It's all been on podcasts, so been three uh, mornings or three studies before this. If you've missed any of that, I would really encourage you to listen to the podcast and catch up with, with some of that stuff. But our heart is to encourage you into a living, vibrant relationship uh, with the Holy Spirit. And it's my joy uh, this morning. I'm going to be carrying on and looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the context of our study today. And, and uh, last week you heard about being filled with the Holy Spirit and how actually uh, that's a distinct and dynamic experience that's, that's different from becoming a Christian. So you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit helps us to become a follower of Jesus, but then there is this dynamic, distinct experience. This getting filled with the Holy Spirit, Book of Acts speaks of that. And actually it's about empowering the follower of Jesus to be everything Jesus has called them to be and to do the sorts of stuff that Jesus has called us to do. And in many ways, that experience of being filled with the Spirit is the gateway into these amazing gifts of the Spirit. That when He comes into our world, He brings gifts and He wants to impart those gifts those gifts and bless us with those gifts from himself, not just so that we are enriched as individuals, but so that out of those gifts, the world around us is enriched and is blessed. And so I'm going to take a reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you want to follow with me in the Bible, that'll be great. Just a short reading that we'll pick up and then drive on from there. So it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'll read from verse 1. This is Paul writing to a church just like ours, but in a city called Corinth. And he says this. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. So our focus over the last few weeks has been on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And, and to remind you in terms of the spirit of this series that we want you to really grasp and take a hold of, the Holy Spirit is not a force. He's not an it. 
He's not a thing. He's not a feeling. He's not an atmosphere. The Holy Spirit is God himself. He is the third person in the Godhead. And in fact, when we follow the trajectory of the Gospels, we, we understand that when Jesus leaves his young disciples ready for the next stage of the journey, he says, when I go away, I will send another just like me. And he, he has to go away in order to send the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is sent to this new church in order to help that new church carry on the stuff that Jesus started to do in the Gospels. So if, if you're brand new to faith and you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, that's the stuff that Jesus started to do. When we move into the book of Acts, that's the church that Jesus left, me and you. That's us, and he's saying, I want you to carry on with what I've started. But he hasn't just told us to do that. He has given us the power to do that. And the Holy Spirit has come to the church so that we can have the power to be everything that Jesus wants us to be, and we can have the power to do everything Jesus wants us to do. And in many ways, we are carrying on the work of Jesus. In the same way that he was filled with the Spirit in Luke 4, the church was filled with the Spirit in Acts 2, and we are called to do the things that he has done. And as a result of that, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. And, and when you follow the pattern of, of, of the New Testament, one thing becomes clear, the Holy Spirit is not an optional extra. He's not an add-on if you feel like it. Uh, he's not sort of, you know, uh, something or someone sitting on a shelf that you can take or not take. Actually, the, the sort of passion, push, and pull of the New Testament is we need the Holy Spirit. Every serious follower of Jesus needs the power of the Spirit. And if you missed last week, I encourage you to listen to that and to be open to that experience with the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he doesn't just come and give us power, but Paul tells us he brings gifts with him, gifts that he wants to give to the church so that the church can do what she is called to do. And Paul says this, I love this, in the context of verse one, he says, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. I love that. Paul wants to teach them about the power of this wonderful Holy Spirit, and he wants to teach them the amazing things that this Holy Spirit wants to do in them and through them. And you know, it's the same today. The Lord does not want us to be ignorant about the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want us to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want us to think the Holy Spirit's like electricity flowing through the building. He doesn't, wanna, he doesn't want us to have the wrong idea of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to understand so that we can fully engage with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to deposit His wonderful gifts in each one of us to enrich each other and to enrich our world. So to help us not be ignorant, we're, we're gonna ask and answer three questions. Dead, dead simple. First of all, we're gonna ask this question, what are the gifts? Now, we won't have time to look at all nine of these special gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12. We're gonna sort of look at them generically to sort of help us, but hopefully that will help me and you. We're gonna ask and answer the question, what are they for? because that's important. If the Holy Spirit wants to give us stuff, we need to know why. 
what he wants to give us that for. And lastly, um, third question, final question, uh, how can we get them? How can you and I engage with these magnificent gifts? So here's the first question I want us to see. What are the gifts? There are nine, it seems, special gifts that are listed here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 by the Apostle Paul. And we haven't got time to break down every one of them, but what we can do is sort of understand broadly what they are. And I think if, if you've never engaged with this conversation before, being open to an understanding of what they are may actually open you to the specifics of engaging with the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's, here's what I want you to see. Paul says this beautiful statement in verse four. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. He goes on to say this in verse 11. Um, he adds, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, but he gives them to each one just as he determines. So, so there's a, an emphasis here on these gifts and an emphasis on who is given them, which leads us then to understand a number of things. What are these gifts? Well, first of all, they're spiritual. So what these gifts are not are human gifts supercharged. Now that's really important um, because uh, Paul introduces these gifts to us very, very powerfully. In fact, if we were to literally translate verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 12, it would be something like this. I don't want you to be ignorant about spirituals. So, so Paul, Paul's emphasis in that is drawing us to the spiritual part of the statement, not just the gift. He wants us to understand that what we're about to hear about, what we're engaging with as a Christian community, are dynamically spiritual and by implication, supernatural gifts. So when Paul talks about, for example, the gift of wisdom, he's not talking about human wisdom supercharged. He's talking about wisdom that the Holy Spirit has given you for a particular moment. When he talks about operating in knowledge, he's not just talking about stuff I've learned on Google plus. He's talking about knowledge I couldn't possibly know without his help. When he talks about distinguishing the spirits, he's not talking about mentalism and feeling the room. He's talking about an ability to understand what's going on in a supernatural realm. Now, now what these gifts are not are human plus. Now, that's really important because you and I are part of a supernatural mission. I, I was so touched and blessed and challenged and moved by the food bank presentation this morning. I, 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 you know, I, we, we, we were coming to church this morning and on Premier Christian Radio, they said an incredible statistic, and I need to check this out, but this is what was on the radio this morning, that they reckon right now one in every 200 people in the UK are homeless. There's 60 million people live in the UK and one in 200 are homeless. Just do the numbers on that. That's blowing my brains out. I'm still processing that as a number. My goodness, we are surrounded by phenomenal social need. And as, as Pastor Martin brought to us from Isaiah 58, the Christian community, it's both and. It's we are called to feed the hungry, literally, literally put feed in, uh, food in people's bellies, but we are also called to feed them spiritually. 
We are called to clothe the naked physically. We're also called to recognize there's a spiritual nakedness to our communities. That we're called to minister to people in their brokenness, their everyday brokenness. But we also understand there's a supernatural driver to that brokenness. And so as a Christian community, we're, we're called to do both. We're called to hold a loaf of bread in one hand and then in the other hand be open to a supernaturally led Holy Spirit, a Holy Spirit who will lead us into things that won't fix naturally. They won't just fix because we naturally respond, though it's good to do that. They will only fix because there's a supernatural solution to it. Now, now if we're honest, Giving the bread bit, although this man would want us to do more, absolutely. Giving the bread bit for most of us is the easy bit, right? Okay, I can put an extra loaf in my, in my trolley and hand that to the food bank. And I've done my bit. But actually, the, the bit that scares most of us is this spiritual supernatural bit. Where, where the Holy Spirit wants me and you to be open to, to give the loaf of bread, but also give the bread of life. To, to do both. And that's why we've got to understand these gifts are not natural plus, they are spiritual. They're, they're coming from another place, another source. And that's so, so important. Second thing to recognize is that they are gifts. And I love what Paul says here in the context of verse 4. It's dead easy to miss in the English. He says there are different kinds of of gifts. The word translated for gifts there literally carries this idea, a grace gift. Emphasis on the word grace. So, so what's being said here is these gifts are given, they are not earned. I love that. As a human who's so often susceptible to his own ego, I want to think that I could earn these gifts. That if I pray a bit more, read me Bible a bit more, dig a bit deeper, um, follow my circles of context, come to the prayer and fasting on Thursday and Friday, somehow that pushes me up the pecking order to get these gifts because I've sort of earned the right to have one of these gifts. One of the most magnificent things about this wonderful passage and the essence of what Paul has given us is these gifts aren't earned. They're given. So you could be a one-week-old Christian and get one of these gifts. Isn't that, isn't that an amazing idea? That actually you don't have to wait till you've, you know, 5, 10, 15 years graduation. You can engage with the Holy Spirit right now. At the same time, you can be a 30-year-old Christian, a Christian who's been a Christian 30 years, and not engage with these. So actually, uh, they are grace gifts. They're given to me and you as gifts. That so encourages me that in whatever's going on, we'll, we'll talk about how we get them right at the end. Whatever's going on there, it's not really to do with me earning them or me being better than you. So if you've been blessed with some of these spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit, it's not because you're better than your neighbor. It's not because you're good. It's because he's good. Come on now. It's not because you're working harder. It's because the Holy Spirit is just depositing in you things he wants to deposit in you. And it's an amazing tension for us to manage. It's a difficult one, but it's one that's there in the text. The third thing about these gifts is this. They are manifestations. Love this. Love this idea. Paul says in verse 7, 
Look at this. He says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. We'll come back to that verse in a wee moment. They are manifestations. I love the idea of this word, a clear display. So the point of these gifts uh, and something at the heart of these gifts is when they are in operation authentically, people see the Holy Spirit. So, so how do we see the Holy Spirit at work in the 21st century? Through, one of the ways, one of the, one of the key ways is through his gifts to the church. And when we operate in these gifts, when we lay hands on the sick, when we, when we uh, operate in a supernatural dynamic, the world sees. What are they seeing? They're seeing a display of the Holy Spirit. Now, now, ultimately, what these gifts are about are pointing people to the Lord, not pointing them to me. And that's, that's where the tension is. We've got to watch that because when the Holy Spirit gives you gifts, the, the danger is you start sort of, look at me. But the point of the gifts are not to look at you. The point of the gifts are to look at Him. Amen? The Holy Spirit gives you gifts so that people will look at the God who's given the gift, not at the person with the gift. Amen? Uh, and, and if we're honest, in the church, we've fallen into that temptation over the years. I don't, I don't mean this church. I mean the church generally. We've fallen into the temptation of glorifying the person with the gift. I mean, we've all done that instead of looking at the giver. Because the point of any of these manifestations is people will see the Lord. People will see Jesus. People will see the power of the Holy Spirit at work. They won't get fixated on me. God help them if they did that. But they will come become fixated on him. With me? So what are these gifts? Well, they are spiritual. They are grace given. And they are manifestations. Does that help? Maybe some of you already know this. Maybe some of you engaging with this conversation for the very first time. Here's the second question we want to answer. What are they for? Because this, this will help some of us in terms of being open to engaging with the Holy Spirit. What are these gifts for? Well, three things again. I think, first of all, they are there to uh, bless. They bless. Uh, and we can see that powerfully in, in, our, in our passage here. Uh, chapter 12, verse 7, it says this. Look at these words. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? For what? For the common good. Love that. At the most simple level, the most basic level, these wonderful gifts, nine of them listed here, are being given to you and to me in order to, at the very least, bless the world around us. So that when we operated these gifts, there is something of a common good that is brought to each person who experiences them. Yes? So, so that actually the church of Jesus Christ is a community that wants to bless its world. And its world will, will have different layers. It's the, there's the sort of church community world that we are a part of, like this gathering here. And then there's the world we live in, the world we work in, the world we go to. And actually the Holy Spirit wants to give gifts to you so that the people around you get blessed. He's not just giving us gifts so that, so that we look good. He's giving us gifts so that we can do good. 
Amen? So that we can be a blessing to the world around us. It's one of the things I love about the Lord. So much of what he is motivated with, and we've been singing about it this morning, is his loving kindness. He wants us to be better. He wants us to win. He wants us to succeed. He wants every man and woman who engages with him to understand that God is committed to your good, that God is committed to your well-being, and that God wants to bless you. Amen? And so it's no surprise then that the gifts that come with this Holy Spirit are about the common good, are about blessing those around us. And that is it. That's almost, that's like the very basic level. That's like basic standard in terms of engaging with these gifts. It should be blessing the world around us. Secondly, however, these gifts are also being given to help us build something. And we are part of a Christian community. And Paul here, in writing to the Corinthian church, is writing to a Christian community just like ours. So part of the application of where these gifts work and where these gifts fit and what these gifts do is in a Christian community just like ours. And I love what Paul says in the context of this. Look at these, these beautiful words. It says, this is now in 1 Corinthians 14. So we took our reading from 12. So I've jumped forward, but I'll come back. Stay with me now. 1 Corinthians 14 says, but the one who prophesies, that's using one of these gifts, who speaks to people um, uh, for their strengthening, for their encouragement, and for their comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue, that's another one of these gifts, edifies themselves but the one who prophesies edifies, or another lovely translation, builds up the church. Okay, so two things going on there. Paul is referring to two specific gifts. The, the one of tongues is, is that ability to speak in a language we didn't, didn't learn when the Holy Spirit comes on us. And if I were to speak in tongues, God would understand what I am saying, but you wouldn't, or potentially wouldn't unless I was speaking a, a language that actually someone in this room understood. And there have been examples of that. So here's what Paul's saying. When we're in a community together, I would rather you speak in a language everybody understands so that they can be strengthened, encouraged, and given comfort. But, but nobody also says, he says, when I speak in tongues, I build myself up when I prophesy. Uh, in other words, when I engage in these gifts in a way that the whole community can benefit from, they get built up. So uh, whatever way you cut this, somebody's getting built up. Uh, and I want to encourage you. Some of you got filled with the Holy Spirit last week for the very first time. You spoke in tongues, which was a brand new experience for you. I want to encourage you to speak in tongues every day. Tongue speaking is a gift given by the Holy Spirit that, that can have a public application if we've got someone to interpret that tongue, which Paul talks about, or a private application where I can just speak in tongues unto God. And tongue speaking is like a, a high-speed broadband connection between my spirit and God's spirit. The most amazing thing about this, this gift is I don't need my brain because it's my spirit that is speaking. That's, that's part of the challenge sometimes that people have. Their brain gets in the way of this thing. Actually, it's my spirit speaking to God's spirit. The devil cannot break into this broadband connection. He can't get into it. There'd never be any buffering in this broadband connection. The internet will never be slow in this broadband connection. So if you can speak in tongues, I urge you, I encourage you, speak in tongues every day. Every day, because when you do it, whether you're in the shower 
or driving the car or walking the dog, easy, uh, or, or, or doing anything that you're doing, when you're speaking in tongues, you are building yourself up. But Paul says, when I bring a spiritual gift uh, that, is for, that, is, that everyone can engage in, I'm not only building myself up, I'm building them up. They are being built up, and that's what he encourages. And, and I, want to, I want you to see the link here, which is very, very powerful. We read our passage from 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11, that talks about these spiritual gifts. And, and then we stopped, and we really should have kept going. Because if you were with me in Digging Deeper, you'll know about these wonderful circles of context, understanding a passage or a statement in a wider setting. And when we look at that in the wider setting, we notice this. Paul then moves from the gifts of the Spirit straight into this understanding that the body, the church, is a body made up of many parts. And here's what he's saying. These gifts need to work in this body. And in fact, there'll be diversity and, and different gifts operating in this body. And that these gifts aren't to be seen in a vacuum. They aren't to be seen set apart. They're to be seen in the context of this wonderful body. Paul then goes from body into behavior. And he goes into what we call 1 Corinthians chapter 13, a chapter we often read at weddings or preach from at weddings. And that's wonderful and that's amazing, but it's nothing to do with weddings in a sense. It's actually to do with the operation of spiritual gifts in a Christian community. Here's what Paul's saying. Holy Spirit wants to give you gifts. Those gifts are for the body. And those gifts are to be operated out of love for the body. In fact, he says in 1 Corinthians 13, if I have all of these gifts, if I have amazing gifts but don't have love, I don't actually have any, anything. So, so Paul's saying, when you operate in these gifts, it comes out of love. And then I want you to see that he leads from there into 1 Corinthians 14. And he says, this will then build the community up. So look at the link. He says, the Holy Spirit wants to give you gifts. Those gifts are to be operated uh, at, at some extent within the body that we're called to. Those gifts need to be operated in love so that ultimately the church of Jesus Christ is built up. The church of Jesus Christ is strengthened. The church of Jesus Christ receives comfort and encouragement so that actually every one of us leave a supernaturally saturated community uh, and we're getting strengthened. We're getting encouraged. We're getting built up. We're receiving comfort because these magnificent gifts are at work among us. Whether that's on a Sunday morning or in a life group or, or in a men's group or a women's group or a youth group or a children's group. Wherever we meet together, there is the possibility that these wonderful gifts flow. And it's about building up the church, building up the church, building up the church, building us up so that we're better than we can ever be on our own. Amen? And that's the flow of it. We need to understand. Don't read it in isolation. See that magnificent flow. Here's the third reason, really quickly, that we're given these gifts. Thirdly, I, I, I tried to stick with bees. So the third one is boost. They boost. It's a bit of a stretch, but stay with me. Paul says, uh, well, not Paul. The writer to the Hebrews says this when reflecting on these wonderful gifts a little bit later on in the book of Hebrews, says this, God also testified to it, that's to our message, by signs wonders, and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Now, we get a lovely shift there, beautiful shift. So, 1 Corinthians 12, the emphasis of these gifts seems to be 
internal. So build up the body, encourage the body, strengthen the body, comfort the body, right? We've got that. But here in Hebrews, and we could look at other references in the New Testament, the, the emphasis here seems to be external, outward facing. And here's an amazing thought. If you were to read the book of Acts, which is the sort of backstory to the New Testament that we have, these letters that are written to real churches, the book of Acts is that backstory. Then in the book of Acts, we discover this, that most times when these supernatural spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit are used by the church, they are used in settings that are outside of church services. Now, you'll find some examples internally. They're there, no doubt. Uh, so don't worry about it because it's both and. But actually, most of the time, that there seems to be a supernatural display, manifestation of the Holy Spirit, it's externally. It's to the world. It's to mission. And in fact, from the very first pages, when that community gets filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues, they speak in 15 identifiable languages that cause thousands of people to stop what they're doing and come closer. And as they come closer, they hear the gospel, and 3,000 of them come to Christ. And that's a direct result of the Holy Spirit filling the church. So the gifts of the Spirit are not just for us. The gifts of the Spirit are for our world. Is it possible that we could have a word of knowledge for someone at work? Is it possible that we're listening to someone, maybe in the food bank, and the Holy Spirit gives us a word of wisdom? That actually, that actually uh, maybe we're at the gym with someone and, and, and they've got a relative or themselves and they're sick. And actually, uh, we could have a gift of healing for them. Come on. Or, 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 or maybe, maybe, maybe for a non-Christian, you, you've got a prophetic word. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't just want to work in the 90 minutes we're in the second service of CLM. He wants to work in the everyday of our world. And the connection between the Holy Spirit working in the everyday of our world is, is us. Now, of course, he can do it all by himself. I get that. But, but we're following the trajectory of the New Testament. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do is do it with us. Do it through us. And that's an amazing, amazing idea. So that the gifts of the Spirit are not just to build up the Christian community, but the gifts of the Spirit are to show and help us with the message of mission to our world. That actually, if we will have the courage, the Holy Spirit has the power to help us reach our world. Does that make sense? So here's the last question. Really, really quickly. How can we get them? Now, now, there's a wee tension here within the text because I've already told you, you can't earn them. They are grace gifts. And yet Paul says to us in um, chapter 14, verse one, he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. I love this tension, beautiful tension here that he's, he's already told us that these gifts are given by the Holy Spirit, yet he says to the, to the Christian community, but desire them, desire them, be hungry for them, be thirsty for them. Not in a self-centered way that they're all about me. That's why we've, we've asked, what are the gifts? 
and what are they for? Because if I understand what the gifts are and what they're for, then if I eagerly desire them, I'm not desiring them for me. If I really understand what they're about, I'm desiring them for you. I'm desiring them for my world. Because I understand these gifts aren't about making me look good. These gifts are about bringing Jesus to my world. These gifts are about building people up and blessing people and boosting the message of the gospel. So when I get that, I go, oh, wow, okay. So when Paul says eagerly desire, what he's not saying are, add these gifts to your CV so you look cool. Paul is saying, desire them. Because actually through them, people get blessed. People get built up. And the message of the gospel gets boosted into its world. That's why you want them. Because you want to show Jesus to the world around you. So, so how do we get them? Well, well uh, uh, very simple. Come with the right attitude. Holy Spirit responds to humility. God loves humility. And we have to remember that we are coming to God. And, and can I say this carefully? And I know, I know you know I love you and, and you love me. God's not here primarily to serve us, though he does. We are here to serve him. And so the humility is saying, I can't earn these gifts, so I'm not going to try. I'm going to live righteously. I'm going to follow Jesus, but it's not about earning these gifts. I'm going to put myself in a position to say, Holy Spirit, I am open to you. Amen? Amen. And, and the second attitude with that is not just humility, but service. Remember, these gifts are not for us. So if I, if I seek after these gifts, eagerly desire these gifts, I'm not asking them for me. The point of these gifts are not for me. They are for you. So, so the attitude of service, the attitude of wanting to serve my world, opens me up to the possibility, attitudinally, of receiving these gifts. With me? Second thing, uh, uh, be accessible. Imagine what would happen if every Christian who lived in Coventry woke up tomorrow morning and prayed this prayer. Holy Spirit, what do you want? Can I, can I challenge you? When was the last time you, you just, before you got to your list about what you want, what I want, when was the last time before we asked for anything, we just said, Lord, is there anything you want? My goodness. Imagine what would happen. Imagine what could happen, what might happen if we're just open to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want? And it's as simple as that. Sometimes we look at these amazing men and women of God in the Bible and we think, wow, they're out there. They're, they're incredible. But actually, all they were were ordinary people who were just open. You know, Philip's in the middle of revival in Samaria and the Holy Spirit speaks to him about going and meeting a man on a road on the way to Ethiopia, and Philip just responds. And as a result of that, the gospel goes to Africa. First recorded on the record, African convert, the Ethiopian eunuch. Why? Because Philip said, what do you want? I, I'm a bit of a control freak. I admit that. My children know that. My family know that. I'm working on it as hard as I can. But I'm a bit of a control freak. And the danger with me is I'm trying to always fit the Holy Spirit into my plan. I know I'm, there's no one else like that in this room. That's me. It's a unique cross that I am carrying and getting ministry for. But actually, it is a problem for me. It is a genuine problem. 
So often I have a plan that I want him to follow. Now there's nothing wrong with a plan. It's good to have a plan. Plans are good. But when my plan starts to close down the opportunity to be open to the Holy Spirit, then it's a problem. So, so what I'm having to learn to do, uh, and force, can I say, can I be honest with you? Force myself to do. Holy Spirit, what do you want? It's not easy, but imagine, imagine what would happen if just, just us, just the first and second service at CLM woke up tomorrow morning and said, Holy Spirit, what do you want? Here's the last thing I want to encourage you with. Have a go. Act. A number of years ago, I heard an interview uh, with a man called Bobby Charlton. Bobby Charlton was a very famous footballer who played for England and Manchester United. And, uh, sorry, can't say that word without causing a reaction. Uh, and, and so, so he, he was being interviewed, and he was a great footballer. He scored great goals for England. If you ever watch me, he, he was famous for long-range shots. Brilliant footballer. And he was asked to sort of, you know, what, what, was, what was the driver? What was the secret? And he said something, and literally, I remember feeling like the Holy Spirit quickened this to me. And he said, well, it's very simple. He said, if you don't shoot, you never score. Come on now. Bobby Charlton, theologian. Who, who would have thought that? <laughs> if you don't shoot, you'll never score. Uh, folks, listen, if, if, if we don't put our hands on people yeah. to pray for them, they'll never get healed. But John, what if I put my hands on them and they don't get healed? Well, they're no worse off. They were sick before you prayed. They're still sick. They're not more sick. I'm not trying to trivialize sickness in any shape or form, but, but listen, folks, if, if, if we don't have a go, if we don't say to the Holy Spirit, I'm up for this, if we don't have a go, we'll, we have no stories to tell. We, we, won't, we won't have these, these stories of, of God speaking and doing things because, because we're shut down. If we want to have the stories to tell, we've got to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want? And then when he maybe whispers something to us, uh, you know, we've got to have a go. Now, now, if you're not sure, take advice from wonderful spiritual people around you, but have a go. And maybe that person at work is in desperate need. Listen, yes, it's great to get them to church and great to get them to the front to be ministered to, but they may not come this Sunday, but you're there. So, so insensitivity to be open to the Holy Spirit, you know, without getting yourself in trouble at work, but, but to be open to the Holy Spirit that says, am I the answer to this person? You, you could have a word of knowledge for someone in your, in your workplace. You, you, may have, you may have a gift for someone who lives on your street. Who knows? I'm not saying that will happen, but I'm saying it might. If we're prepared to come with an attitude of humility, to come with accessibility to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want? And then maybe if the Holy Spirit speaks, act. Or can I just say, there may be moments he doesn't speak. But to bless someone, to give to someone, to encourage someone, even to lay hands on someone is still the right thing to do. And maybe we'll discover we have something that we didn't think we had because we had a go. Are you with me?
is the band joining me or just, just one person's fine. Just, just you make your way to the front. Listen, folks, I, I understand for some of you, you're sort of locked and loaded with the Holy Spirit's concern. You've got this. Been a Christian a while. You know this stuff you're in. I also know there are some people in the room, this is a relatively new conversation, but for both sets of people, it's the same challenge. I've been a Christian a million years. Became a Christian at eight and 52. If I'm not careful, I can shut him down. I, I can think I know all this. So, okay, I've got this. I, and the challenge for me today is as, is as great as it was when I first got filled with the Spirit as a 12-year-old. Holy Spirit, please forgive me for shutting you down. Please forgive me for being an arrogant person. Please forgive me for just planning my day and not thinking about you. Please forgive me for not listening. So, I, I, you know, I'm a seasoned Christian and I've got to come afresh to this series and say, how seriously do I want to take the Holy Spirit? Maybe that's you. Maybe you're like brand new at this stuff and you're going, what is this? Well, listen, the Holy Spirit, he's not in it. He's not a force. He's not a thing. He's not an atmosphere. He's God. He's not here to hurt you or wound you or embarrass you or make a fool out of you. He's here to perfect Jesus in you and he's here to show Jesus through you. That's what he wants to do. And if you and I will just say, hey, sounds like a plan. And who knows what the Holy Spirit could do. He doesn't look around this room and go, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? He looks around this room and he goes, oh my goodness, look what I could do. Yes, you. Me. Brokenness. He could take every one of us if we're willing because he wants to give us these gifts so that Jesus will be glorified. Why don't you stand with me? You've been amazingly kind, listened so well. I'm just going to pray and then we're going we're to close our service. Hey, wherever you are in the journey, if you are just even a little bit open to this, then just hold your hands out in front of you as I'm about to pray. As a, as a physical act of saying, Holy Spirit, I am willing. You may be like me. You may need to say, Holy Spirit, forgive me for, for rushing on without you, for planning a day, for planning a week, for planning a year, not thinking about you too much, making you fit in. Holy Spirit, help me to be open to you. Maybe for some of you, You'll be like a Philip. You'll be in the middle of something. The Holy Spirit will tell you something else. Just give you a breakthrough moment if you're willing to listen. Maybe some of you, right beginning this journey, be open. Don't, don't go for years before you engage with the power of the Spirit. Get straight in right now. Jump in. Get into the midst of this. Let the Holy Spirit fill you and lead you. Well, I don't understand everything. You don't need to. Just be open to the Holy Spirit. He can fill you and He can direct you. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. And I ask that you will come to every man and woman in this place. That you will come to each person, Lord, with a fresh revelation. Holy Spirit, with fresh insight. Holy Spirit, with fresh passion and with fresh power. You'll come to every one of us. For those of us that have been around a while and think we know this stuff. Holy Spirit, help us. 
to be open afresh. Help us to listen afresh. Forgive us for the moments where we thought we knew all about you. Holy Spirit, we want to be open afresh to you. We want to hear you afresh and see you afresh. We want to move in the things that are shown in the book of Acts. Lord, for those in this, in this house who are just beginning a journey, Lord, may they jump in. May they jump into the fullness of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill them and empower them and give them everything they need so that, Lord, this will be a house known not only for its depth in the Word, but this will be a house known for its power and engagement with the Holy Spirit. May this be a community of Spirit and Word. May this be a community that goes deeper and that reaches wider, empowered by the Word and empowered by the Spirit. Lord, may each one of us, as we wake in the morning, as we go to our worlds, may we be open to You, Holy Spirit. And I pray that you will work in us and through us to form Jesus, that you will work in us and through us to display Jesus, and that, Lord, somehow in us and through us, the glory of God will come, the kingdom will be seen and manifest wherever we go. Lives will be transformed by the supernatural grace gifts that are upon us, so that, Lord, our world will be transformed. In Jesus' name.